Hi, it's Terence Wallace, and welcome to my new series, Stories from the Road. In 2014, I decided to leave the corporate world behind and start my own business, Indelible Adventures Inc. This is a culmination of my writing, photography, speaking, and travel, and uh, gave me a great opportunity to travel the world. And so, with my writing, I've been able to gather and collect many stories from all my adventures. So this series is a dedication to all of those stories. I hope you enjoy them. Join me this week as I explore Munich. Munich is Bavaria's capital and home to centuries-old buildings and numerous museums. The city is also known for its annual Oktoberfest celebrations and its numerous beer halls, including the famed Hofbräuhaus, which was founded in 1589. In the Old Stadt, or Old Town, the central Marienplatz Square contains landmarks such as the neo-Gothic Rathaus, or Town Hall, with its popular glockenspiel show that chimes and reenacts stories from the 16th century each hour. With all of my four-day flips, I endeavoured to take a broader view of the city that I'm visiting, and Munich was no exception. Munich is a European gateway from North America, and an easy eight-hour overnight flight from Toronto. So easy and simple, and rather painless if I might say. Although for those less seasoned travellers, the day of arrival can be a tad exhausting, given that it's a six-hour time difference from North America. I must admit, the jet lag can be excruciating and rather disorienting after an overnight flight, so I always endeavour to snatch between four and five hours of sleep on each flight. I always travel with noise-cancelling earphones and eye shades to take out as much of the distractions from the aeroplane as possible. Another of my flight preparations is to determine the best route to my hotel, whether it's by train, bus or taxi, well in advance. Particularly for these short four-day adventures, I rarely book a car, as a parking tends to be quite expensive and difficult to find in most European cities. Munich, like most European cities, has a fabulous transit system, and so downloading the transit app in advance proved to be an excellent start to a great weekend. The S-Bahn is a mere 40-minute commute into the heart of the city from the airport, and as I booked a cool little boutique hotel a mere three blocks from the central Hafbahnhof, or main train station. Now couple this with only taking carry-on, and I was in and out of the airport in less than 15 minutes and onto the train into the city. Now, some might say that I'm a little extreme in the way I travel, but given it's a, such a short trip, I want to maximize every moment that I can. After arriving at the hotel, I checked in and deposited my bag in the room. Quickly assembling my camera and waterproof cover, I headed out into the drizzly lunchtime rush. Fortunately for me, the weather was only a short hiccup as it stopped soon after the lunch hour. As part of my weekends away, I generally also take in an art gallery or two, and this was no exception, as part of my Friday afternoon was taken up with visiting the Brandhorst Museum adjacent to the university. Some interesting Warhols adorned the walls of this small but impressive gallery. The next day, I rented a bike at the Odeonplatz and rode toward the English Garden, which is larger than Central Park in New York, and is an absolute treat providing some 78 kilometers of paths and trails for those wanting to get away from the hustle and bustle of the city centre. 
On my bike ride through the English garden, I visited the Japanese tea room and also checked out the surfers on the ice bark or ice brook. Then stopped in to grab a bite at the sea house, which includes a lovely beer garden. Yes, it's almost impossible to believe that there are a handful of intrepid surfers all in full wetsuits surfing on the waves in this narrow and chilly ice park, watched by about 40 or so onlookers. The four to five foot waves are created as the water shoots out from under a bridge and into a small tributary, which isn't bad considering it's a long way from the nearest ocean. After lunch, I continued cycling to the northern part of the city to visit the Olympic Park, which was home to the 1972 Summer Games. The beautiful and timeless architecture that was created for the Games is still as breathtaking today as it was back then. In just incredibly stunning. After a full afternoon of cycling, 30 kilometers in all, around the city, I was ready for some good food, so I grabbed a bite at one of the local haunts. Yes, it just so happened to be Italian. Hmm, my favorite. Sunday dawned and it was a perfect cloudlessly blue sky day. Yeah, you know the ones, they're just breathtaking. Luckily for me, a friend of mine who I used to work with was living in Munich at the time and had offered to take me on a hike in the Alps. Our destination was Wolberg, a 1722 meter mountain perched overlooking Lake Turgensee. Such a formidable sight to behold at the end of the lake. At first glance, this heavily treed and snow-covered peak was going to make for a very interesting hike, to say the least. Now, although prepared for the hike, it's one thing to spend the first 20 minutes or so just slipping and sliding, just getting to the start. All the signs at the start of the hike said it would take between three and a half and four hours to hike the mountain. And in many ways, the hike reminded me of Grouse Mountain near Vancouver, which I'd hiked many times. Now granted, I've never had to tackle it with snow, but generally that hike takes about an hour. And so I was confident that we'd make it much faster than the predicted time on the board by the gondola station. After about 40 minutes, we came to a fork in the track. To the left, the sign said the summit was about two and a half hours away. The path to the right said it would take about three hours, but it was clear that the path was much flatter and would be a much easier ascent, particularly in the snow, so that was the one we opted for. As we trekked higher, the snow got deeper and the forest around us got thicker and darker. After about an hour and a half, we found ourselves at the Wahlberg Moose, or halfway point, and it was a perfect time to stop and grab a coffee and cool off. The hut itself was situated on the edge of a large field surrounded by deep snow with a magnificently perfect Christmas tree about 40 feet high at some 50 meters from the hut. As you can imagine, with the sun shining brightly and from my vantage point on the patio, it looked as though the sun was the star on top of the tree. Just incredible. As we climbed higher, we found ourselves having to take more frequent breaks to both catch our breath and give our burning legs a little respite from the arduous climb. We arrived at the gondola station about 2pm, a full three and a half hours after setting off. Such incredible views from the top of the mountain, and as we could see, Lake Tagansi, shining like a sapphire way down below us, we felt a sense of relief and exhaustion, but also elation at the climb that we'd made.
The trip down was far more sedentary as we took the gondola, and it was a quick 20 minutes back to the base station before our drive back to Munich. After a fabulous but exhausting day, I was hungry, and so when we got back to Munich, we hit the local beer hall for a Wiener Schnitzel and an ice-cold beer. After an awesome day of hiking and a great meal, I was ready to head back to the hotel for a steaming hot bath. Just what I needed. Here are a few recommendations for your trip to Munich. I'd certainly recommend considering a bike so you can cycle into the English garden to enjoy the many attractions the park has to offer. From the great little eateries and beer gardens to the shady groves of elm and oak trees. In fact, it's a perfect place for a picnic. A great place to get a hamper or picnic is from the Victualain Market or Victuals Market as it's the city's main farmer's market and so full of organic and fresh fare. If you're up for a fantastic Italian meal, head over to Bianco Rosso Nero on Hockenbuchenstrasse 4. Ask for Mario Dino, who are the owners. Over dinner, I discovered that Dino splits his time between Munich and Tuscany. Wow, what a fabulous way to live your life. It made me very envious. You're going to love this little restaurant. It only has 10 seats, so come hungry and enjoy the intimacy of its truly special gem. For the best views of the city, you have to climb the clock tower of St. Peter's, which is across the square from the Marienplatz, which is also one of the most famous landmarks in the city. This medieval church had to be rebuilt after World War II, as did much of the city centre. However, that also included rebuilding the tight and dizzying stairway to the clock tower, which provides you with stunning views of the city, just as it was designed way back in the 12th century when it was initially built. The site itself has had a church or monastery on the spot since the 8th century, which is pretty amazing considering that the city was founded in 1158. So yes, you could say that this is really a holy place. Munich is one of the most prosperous and fast-growing cities in all of Germany. It's also home to major corporations like BMW, Siemens and Allianz. Munich also serves as a major international air hub from North America. And so a great starting point for your next European adventure. But don't forget, Munich is well worth visiting itself. Thanks for listening. And until next time, as they say in Germany, Auf Wiedersehen! If you'd like to learn more about Indelible Adventures Inc. and the services that we provide, please visit our website at www.indelibleadventures.com. Thanks for listening and have a great day.